And a very good evening and welcome into Friday Talk Sport. It's the voice of the big fella behind the desk this evening, joined in studio uh, by Paddy Kelly and Eamon Butler. Let's say good evening to the boys, Mike's two and three. How are you doing, Evening, house. Evening. That's it, no bother. See, when I arrive in here for Friday evening, unannounced, everybody is trained to the integrity. That sort of a thing. Uh, was it the late Georgie Lahey that said... Uh, cones are for ice creams and oh, drills are for spuds that, that was it well I came from that era when, it, uh, when you're talking about sport and a man that also came from an era when horse racing was horse racing and 40 horses was allowed running the Grand National now down to 34 a very good evening to Barry Scott evening Barry God bless you Seamus I, I don't know whether I agree with that down to 34, but I, 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 I always like to see big numbers in it, but anyway, no, not everyone will agree, but <laughs> not to worry, we concentrate on Dundalk for this evening. Seamus, as you know, they, they started up there a little earlier, around 4.40, I think, was the first race of a, an eight-race car this evening, and the first race was won by number two, Order of the Phoenix, 130. Second was number four, uh, sorry, number six, some Sheree Law, five to one. And third was number 11, Zara Ellis, the seven to four favorite, and uh, 12 ran. The 515, this was won by number nine, Barn Gold, six to four favorite. Second was number 15, Darizini, 50 to one. And third was number two, Limo, at 12 to 1. Number eight was an on-runner there, and 14 ran. The 545, which is not long over, was won by number 10, Mary, Many Tears, 11 to 1. Second here was number 12, Talia, the 11 to 4 favourite. And third was number 13, Exquisite Acclaim, 11 to 2, and 14 ran. It leaves us with four race, or five races, but the, the fourth race is uh, not far off of getting underway there, Seamus. I didn't really have a look at that because I thought it might be over before we came on. But anyway, if you have time for a bet, I suggest have a little each way on either number two, Ransom, or number nine, Pierre Lappin. The favours, I think, well, it was favours at lunchtime today, was number four, and wish the 645 which is the first division of an apprentice handicap over a mile and a quarter plenty of runners up there tonight Jim is the maximum here 14 uh, the favourites were vying for favouritism today between number 4 not just an eagle and number 9 Sue Princess they then had 11 to 2 number 3 uh, never find another you and number eight, Dark Street. It was eight to one, Fox Leicester, and number one, Dark and, and any price bar. Well, the uh, money has been for number four, not just an eagle. This fella has decent recent form, but is on the turf, I have to say. This is his uh, first run on the all weather, and of course, uh, not every horse takes to the all weather. Sue Princess has won recently here, and also Dark Street has been a winner. I have a feeling they might fight it out here, and at 5-1, to one, 
Uh, Dark Street might be a little uh, good each way back there. The second division at 7.15 has again the full uh, quarter of 14 runners. Very, very open looking uh, division. This one, number 12, Campala Beach was the favourite today, around about 5 to 2. Also around about that price was number 3, Port Reed. It was then um, 4 to 1, number 11, Lord Park, uh, 7 to 1, number 2, Mad Black Ace, also 7 to 1, number 1, uh, the Impact Kids, and 10 to 1 Bar. Very tricky looking uh, race, this one, the very tricky looking division, I have to say. I, I was looking at it and looking at it, the more I looked at it. <laughs> Look, Lord Park is a mystery horse series, that is in running in terrible bad form recently. He's a four to one chance here. Somebody has a few wob on him. John McDonnelly's trainer has been among the winners even in England yesterday. Obviously he's fancied. I just think the MPEX kid number one won't be far away. The seven forty five another handicap this time uh, for three euros and upwards over a mile and a half. They're twelve down to go for this. The favourite today, at least, was um, number four and number six, number four Kellogg and number six Martinstown, Naden O'Brien runner, were around the five to two, both of them. And uh, the fact that Aidan O'Brien is running the horse over, this fellow has been, he, he won his first uh, run last year. He's been off the track almost since he's had two runs. But because of the Naden O'Brien runner, and he was among the, among the winners in Newmarket again today, Yalang, Yalang, picking up a big event of Route 1 over there. Martinstown obviously has to be fancied. I just have a feeling if he was really fancied, he'd be shorter than 5-2. to Burn Song, who you might know a bit about, James, has been running really well. Uh, I think he's won three... Last year he won three races, and, uh, well during this year as well but um, he's won a few up here in Dundalk 8-1 to one, I think he represents a really decent each way price here and he might be the one for the each way punter finally the 8-15 this is another handicap over a mile and a half and the surreal bookies race the last race of the evening up there in Dundalk and uh, the favourite here was number 14 Cadine at 9-2, to two. it was then 11-2, to two. another one of your lads, James, uh, Dark Nose, number 11, 11-2, to two. it was 6-1 to one then, God Knows, number 7, and also around the 6-1 to one chance was number 8, Luke Short. Uh, very open-looking race on paper, God Knows, uh, a winner recently in Down Royal, not sure if it's his first run on the all-weather, not quite sure, that is what I think has also been running over hurdles recently obviously fit and fancied he might be one for the each way punters and I think your horse James your uh, man Dark North will also be in the frame in this but uh, my advice is not to have a bet that is 15 I think let it run ok Bear um uh, an eight race card they normally only have seven but uh, look they must have a divide someplace Bear pick one for the evening that uh, Pat Tracy can chase you up on tomorrow God bless thanks Jim. no Bear I'm looking for you to pick a horse out of all oh, the sorry, ones you, you mentioned you, 
you you want one for the season, right? Well, Please. The one the one I've been trying to vote for is in the um, six forty five. You might get the results before you go on it. Dark Street, number eight. Dark Street. The winner last time out. I just think five to one is a good price. Wesley Joyce. It's an apprentice handicap. Decent man in the saddle. I think he'll definitely be in the frame. That's right, Bear. That horse is owned by the ESB syndicate. It's called Dark Street. Okay. <laughs> good luck. God bless. Thanks, Bear. God yeah. bless and good evening. Right, uh, Bear Scott there. Um, we're going to our first ad break. Uh, this evening, we're looking ahead to GA. And uh, Kieran Muldowney has joined uh, both Paddy Kelly and Eamon Butler here. We have a serious weekend at Underage and also at a senior level and uh, we're going to review that but we just need to clear the decks first ad break and we're going to St James's Park preview for tonight Friday evenings talk sport on 88.7 FM with JJ Kavanagh bus and coach hire well, there is an 11 race card at the Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium tonight and it all starts at 7.30 with the welcome to Kilkenny track A8525. And in that race, we're going for number two to win it. It's Boggart Murray. Liam Peacock owned and trained all the way from Thurles to get the better of Stuart Cavanaugh's and Linda Bonner's owned Stuart Cavanaugh train number three, Apex Bingo. Race number two. It's a split the pot at Kilkenny Track Novice 525. And we're going for number five in that. Paddy Brennan from Thurless owned and trained Dancer Angel to get the better of number two. Philip O'Keefe's owned Michael Donnelly trained Killara Honey. Race number three is the role model Laurel's finalist A5525. And the note from Tom Canan says best of luck to breeders Sham O'Donnell and Robbie Dowling. In that race, we're going for number one to come home first. Fly, Max Syndicate, care of Jimmy Guinness, owned and trained. Blacksmith's Hazel, to get the better of Alan McDonald's, owned and trained. Number three, Upton Lady. Moving on to race number four, it's the sales at Kilkenny Track, A3525. And we're going for number three, Sean Malone's owned Carl Ramsbottom trained Sober Rock, to get the better of Marissa Malloy, Stephen Dunn owned Marty Lahey trained Raha Seco, that's number one. Race number five, it's the final of the Danny and Ellen Norton Memorial ON2525 and that's kindly sponsored by the Norton family in Tullerone and a nice check of 5750 to the winner here. And we're going for uh, number six, Jerry Hannans from Bray, Carl Ramsbottom train, number six, Deadly Intention, to get the better of number one, Schlieve Gullion, Gavin Johns owned Carl Ramsbottom trained. Uh, so we're giving Carl Ramsbottom a chance of a clean sweep in that final tonight. The number race number six is the Glory Baz Laurel finalist A4525. And it says best of luck to Jared Duncan in the final of the Laurels. And we're going for number two to win that. Thomas Kinsley, Sean Coogan, owned and trained. Monagore Diva to get the better of number one, Liam Peacock, owned and trained. Bogger Buddy. Race number seven, semi final of that big stake that's on out there at the moment is the 12,000 Time Greyhound Nutrition A3525. As I said, kindly sponsored by Time Greyhound Nutrition. And in that first semi final, we're going for John Mackey's and Tom Lannan's file, Amy. It has five wins to date, and we think it just might keep up ahead of another hotly fancy dog. Number two, a syndicate from Thomastown, trained by Tom Lahey, Burchfield Pa. 
race number eight. It's the Bile Sports Bookmakers 83525, and we're going for Damien O'Connell just down the road from us here. Number one, Vicar Hills Boy, to get the better of a syndicate from Littleton, trained by Parry Campion. Number five, Palace Hill. Race number nine is the second semi final of the Time Greyhound Nutrition 83525, and that's a check of 5,000 to the winner when that final goes ahead next week. Well, we're going for number three, Killinor King, has been the star of the show there from Ballyellen at Syndicate from Ballyellen, Gores Bridge, trained by Thomas Buggy. It's been going very well, five wins in its last five races, but we think it'll get a good run tonight for number one, Shem O'Donnell and Robbie Dowlings, going the right way, which uh, had a good win in last week's quarter final. Race number 10, it's the www.timenutrition.ie A1525 and we're going for number four, another lean beacock dog all the way from Thorless Bogger Dusty to get the better of number six, John Brosnan, Paul Hines, all the way from Killarney, trained by Paul Hennessy, Talchin Sid. And finally, the last race is the Deadly Kennels A2525 and that's a kind of a signpost from Tom to say that the 12,000 Deadly Kennels A2 sweepstake, it starts on the 27th of October, another big stake out there on the Freshford Road. Road. But in this race, we're going for number one, Brian Diles, owned and trained Long Daisy, to get the better of a syndicate from Bolton Glass. Uh, number three, Nomadic Bolt. And that'll mean the race will be over there tonight, just before 10 o'clock. And we wish everybody an enjoyable night out on the Freshford Road this evening. And uh, thanks a million, Nicky, for that. And uh, Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. St. James's Park racing getting underway there this evening. Right, gentlemen, uh, this is what we do best. Um, I sit here, I look pretty, and ye talk hurling. So that's basically <laughs> where it is. Eamon Butler, Paddy Kelly, Kieran Muldowney, join me. We better start in date order and... The venue for the Duggan Steel Under-13 Rhine Championship Final between Danes Fort and John Locks. That's one o'clock. That's one o'clock, yeah. The first game, lads, is between Bridge and Carrickshock, and that's 11am. Both of them are in MW Higher in Dunmore. Kieran. We'll start with you, the fact that you've had involvement at underage level. Background to the first two teams, Bennisbridge and Carrick Shock in the B final. Yeah, I suppose, Seamus, what, what grabs you with, with the four teams uh, is uh, four country clubs. Uh, generally, the underage competitions in Kilkenny feature one, if not two, of the city teams. Uh, they're generally the stronger teams. So it's testament to the work that's been done by the people within these clubs. I know Carrick Shock have put in a tremendous effort over the last five or six years at underage. They're quite strong at under 15 and I know they're 14s uh, just from the lads that were in with the development squad even though it's not an age grade in Kilkenny I know their 14s are quite good and obviously this bunch of 13s are quite good as well they're after getting to a B final so a huge day for them uh, Bennisbridge again another club who are starting to put back in great work at underage they had a bit of a problem with numbers for a while but they're they're uh, they're back, uh, back in finals again and it's testament to the work being done it's no there's no uh, coincidence to this, James. You, you, teams who are doing work are getting results here, and it's a tremendous achievement for these two, when it's Bridge and Carrick Shock, to get to that final. And uh, I wish the two of them the very best, because two clubs are doing an awful lot of work. 
Paddy, uh, Paddy and Eamon, uh, anything to add to that in respect of uh, previous games that have been played by him, how they've gotten to the final? If you haven't had, your truppens worth is appreciated. No, and, and unfortunately, I didn't get to see many of the underage games, but look, as, as Kieran alluded to there, it's great to see uh, maybe the country teams uh, contesting these finals. And uh, for two, I won't say for too long, but it's not the fault of city teams. They're generally stronger and they get to it. But it's a refreshing change to see two or four country teams in it. And uh, look, uh, as you say, Venice Bridge and Carrick Shock, they're probably putting in the work. Uh, Venice Bridge, their senior team, and Carrick Shock, they, they stayed intermediate and all like that. And that filters down, confidence filters down to the younger teams. And they'll be watching these with great. This is the start of their hurling career, more or less. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good match, I'd say. Uh, Eamon, a lot of these chaps uh, still in primary school. Uh, how far are you aware how far back can they go for the youngest participant tens uh, not too sure what way it is now Charles. it used to be that couple of years ago maybe Kieran would be I more I think it's 11 isn't it 11, 11 yeah, yeah is I think it? so right. yeah yeah. although I'm sure with the, <laughs> with the lower number of clubs there was a 10 year old in there somewhere yeah ah yeah <laughs> uh, sorry Eamon back, back to you um the the likely outcome of this, having known what happened in semi finals, I'm told that it's fairly even Stephen going into this final between the bridge and Carrick Shock. Yeah, very, very um level. So it'll be interesting to see what way it'll, it'll go there tomorrow. And you know, it's good to see a double header in MW Hired on more as well and you know, hopefully the weather won't be too bad as well for, for the players. And you'll be looking forward to the second game there as well, between Danes Fort and John Locks. Um you know, I just would have kept a Small, oh yeah, I suppose on John Locks down this year and the under 13s were going quite well and they're uh, seem to be motoring fairly well at the under 13 grade and um, it's good to see Dan's four back there as well so that should be a good game and both are live here then on uh, CRKC uh, tomorrow as well which is very good for the, the players to get their you know, they'll get their yeah, chance exposure. to be centre stage Kieran, uh, swinging back over to you Dan's four team would have traditionally drawn from the uh, Cuff Screen School, but I'm told that there's a decent mix this time around with representation from both Dan's Fort and even Burnchurch, which wouldn't have been a stronghold where Hurling was concerned. Yeah, well, certainly from the Dan's Fort School angle, they're probably getting a number of kids out from. Uh uh, people who would traditionally have been town people they might have moved out into mm. the dance fort area it is an area you know they can benefit from the fact that they're just outside Kilkenny um, but the, again these are two teams who two clubs who do a lot of good work underage Callan especially things haven't been simple in Callan for a couple of years but there's a gang of lads down there Stuart Donovan Paul Murphy Paul Marcy and a few more lads uh, sorry for mentioning names because you leave out people but uh, they're doing tremendous work down there and I just saw it with the development squads they were getting five and six onto every squad and they were good um, players who had been well coached had the proper technique uh, good attitude uh, and they're they're reaping the rewards of this like they had they beat Dixborough in the first round of this a huge win for them uh, a mighty win for them and then they had pretty big wins over Piltown and St Martins in the other rounds to get to the final Danes Fort similarly they beat O'Loughlin's in the semi-final which again is a huge win for a country club against the City team they beat the Shamrocks in the quarter-final uh, after a big win against Munkine in the first round so kind of similar patterns mm. between the two teams but you know like I said initially like just rewards for hard work Mighty Paddy uh, the, the pitch in uh, Dunmore 
unfamiliar with it um, will it take the recent rain that fell bear in mind we have a nice dry spell ah. uh, today and tomorrow and the next few days ah, will. It, sh- it should take t- t- two games they, these two these four teams won't be hard on the pitch you yeah. know so it'll be it'll be it'll, it'll hold up well and it's uh, fairly well organised out there good dressing rooms the whole lot nice little play, uh, training area there's a second pitch there if they need to go over and train the whole lot but just going to Danesport or Danesport this is their second underage final because they were in against Lemore there and I think Ryan B final there recently under Sorry, 15 uh, under 15, 15 no, yeah, bigger yeah. Under, under 15 there mm. and uh, the work that they're doing and uh, John Locks you know it's a big club uh, a lot of people are involved out there and as Kieran said there you know a tough couple of years but they're getting back on the right track and they're and I think our own Barry Henriques has a grandson playing on that team if I'm if I'm open to correction it is yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. mighty ok well the board never flew in one wing that's young Henry that's all I'd say <laughs> to you ok just to recap the first game is the Ryan B under 13 Duggan Steel uh, championship final it features Bennis Bridge against Carrick Shock it's 11 o'clock it's in the NW Higher Centre the second game down for 1 o'clock features uh, the derby of Danes Fort and John Locks uh, that's down for 1 o'clock the other game is at 11 o'clock and uh, in charge for the second game is Stephen Delaney and uh, Ty Morley uh, has the Ladog for the 11 o'clock game and just just to say that Liam Kelly O'Rourke is uh, commentating on both matches there and he's uh, having a guest there with Richie Power in the first match and Nicky Brennan in the second and both of them games are live on the, the okay. tomorrow, yeah. Okay, and uh, if you have a relation uh, that's out of the country, you can listen on the Radio Garden app, or indeed, if you're caught for work tomorrow, you might uh, just have the radio on in the background. Okay, uh, moving into UPMC Nolan Park for the Premier Junior Hurling Championship semi final. The first one, half past one. Dixborough versus Tullerher Ross Birkin. Yeah. Peter Burke. The second game, three thirty. John Locks take on Greg Ballycallan. Happus three, and the referee, as we uh, say now, not announced at the time of this being printed. Sorry, the second game there, Shame is just St. Lactans against Winegap there in the other in the other semi-final there, the Premier Jew semi-final. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, sorry, okay. there you yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was looking at the yeah, minor yeah, B that, championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so well, that was the sheet that was left yeah. out for me. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we blame the organiser. Yeah. Dixborough, Tullerher, Ross Birkin, who wants to take up the slack? Well, I've seen both of them, and this is going to be a cracker. And I have no doubt that it's going to be a tight game. I watched Tullerher uh, last week there facing the Emeralds. And between the, the 6th minute and the 17th minute, or sorry, the 6th minute and the 23rd minute, in 17 minutes, they scored 3-11. And they were just absolutely awesome to look at. And uh, the Borough will have a, a tough task against this team. They're physically imposing. They're mobile. They can hurl, they can defend, and uh, they have an eye for goal. But having said that, the Borough have been excellent all, all year. I've been watching them there in two or three matches there. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to this game because I think it's going to be very, very tight. And, you know, I'm, I'm of the persuasion that I am, and I'll be hoping that Dixborough will win it. But uh, 
this is going to be a, a cracking game and uh, a fair use to Tullaher you know they got probably ambushed last year uh, they might like me saying that but they, they did but I have to say last week they were very very impressive and uh, very good to watch so uh, Dixborough knows what's coming in fairness their uh, backroom team and all like that will um, will be well prepared and all like that and it's uh, uh, two I'd say two good tight semi-finals but this I'm really looking forward to watching this game tomorrow Okay, across to you, Eamon. Uh, yeah, if, as you come to town, you have to come through the borough, so yeah, you, you have an idea of what's happening. Yeah, I saw him uh, play James Stevens there uh, last weekend as well in the Section B final of the Junior, which they won to come to this game, so they're very lively in attack and uh, seem to be a well-balanced team, but I'm not sure is Conor Fitzpatrick injured. Picked up an injury there last weekend, so you would be hoping he'll be fit uh, for the game um, tomorrow. But from a taller point of view then, like you know, the have a good sprinkle of youth and experience I mean you'll have the likes of Pat Hartley is still going strong there and having a very good year Walter Welch in attack um, Danny Glennon as well like Conor Hennessy so you know Tuller have been down this road before and they were very competitive at Intermediate a few years back and you know they'll be hoping to try and get back up there again but you'll be looking forward to a very very good game tomorrow at half one Um Will Tuller have the Tuller have the assistance of Walter? Oh, he, sorry, did, of course they will. Yeah, they're their main man, of okay. course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was impressive there last week. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Paddy, go back to that game uh, in Clara. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, um, they had a mainstay of a goal scorer in the first half. Connor Hennessy. Yeah, yeah he got two. Uh, he got two. No, in fairness, uh, he pounced on a mistake there. That was uh, Emeralds were trying to play through through the lines and all like that, and he pounced on it and uh, showed great composure. The second goal, he attacked the, 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 the defenders himself and he put it in. And uh, Danny Glennon then got another goal uh, there just uh, in towards the 22nd or 23rd minute. Look, they have three forwards. Uh, they have Keane O'Donoghue there as well. That's um, He uh, takes uh, the, the freeze. Uh, mm. They have Jason Shiley there. They have Walter. They have Pat Hartley, who's the mainstay in defence. Uh, Colman O'Sullivan in the middle of the field was was, was excellent as well. And they have a solid goalkeeper. So, look, uh, look, it's going to be... I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it because I, uh, it's, it's uh, two teams that have excited me so far this year in this championship. And I have to say, uh, looking at Dixborough there, I watched two or three matches and I was fierce impressed from Lively team, as, as Eamon says, you know, uh, not the biggest team around like that, but they're able to mind themselves and uh, they can take their scores. And uh, the only yeah. thing I would say about Tullerher last week, uh, from the 23rd minute to the 30th minute, they got no score. Okay. It's like they went. It's like they they just switched off. And in the last uh, seven minutes in the in the second half, they conceded two two two. Okay, so it made uh, the Emeralds yeah. look a bit pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kieran, um Conaghy, your own club, uh, exited at the what quarterfinal, semi-final stage? Uh, uh, the quarterfinal of the intermediate. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Would you have an opinion on what has went on since Kieran in respect of uh, Dixborough and Tullaroraspurkin? Yeah. Well, obviously, two teams coming from different sections, uh, but Dixborough. What caught my eye big time was that score last week in the match against the village because those games traditionally, those Section B finals have traditionally been close. There hasn't been a whole lot, but it's quite obvious that Dixborough are by far the better team in that Section B. They didn't use up quite a number of players in, on their senior team either, which is a great benefit. Like, you know, sure, you know, Emin, in a country club, your special junior lads go up to your intermediate yeah. team or whatever it is quite quickly and, and uh, you know, good few are taken. 
Brian Minogue, Stevie Darmody, they played senior this year. Martin Gaffney has played in the past, you know, and Eddie Milan, I think, has played a bit as well. You know, small bits. Aaron Murphy came on in games. So there's um, there's a bit of senior experience, but when you think about it, there's a lot of senior experience because they're training senior twice or three times a week. Mm. Uh, and that is a huge benefit to anybody. Um I'm looking forward to the battle between Eddie Milan at centre-back for the Borough and Walter at centre-forward for Tuller. Two big men there. Uh, that'll be a good battle between those two. Tuller, they have what a lot of junior teams don't have. And, and the reason a lot of teams are juniors is because they don't have forwards. And Tuller have got five and probably six good scoring forwards there. Connor Hennessy, Keane Donoghue, Walter Welch, as well as the lads that uh, Paddy mentioned there. Pat Hartley's anchoring it pretty well at the back still. And... Uh, Tuller will be um, there's a nice quiet determination about them this year they got beaten in the final not last year I think it was the year before Moonkind bet them and uh, last year was it Wingap bet them and was it and you know there was a a little bit of hurt there but they're not making a whole lot of it they're doing their business quietly and they're getting through and I'm looking forward to a titanic struggle here I fancied uh, the Dixborough are fresh for to win the juniors uh, mm. from, from a bit back but I couldn't say which one of any of the four teams could win the junior from now on. I think we've got the four best teams in junior in the semi-finals, which is always what you want. Uh, and these are going to be two right matches. Eamon, will you have a look at your sheet there and see when the second semi-final is scheduled for? Yeah, it's half three there tomorrow, Seamus, uh, um, in three. the park again. And that features... Uh, fresh for St. Lactons and Wingap. St. Lactons and Wingap. Um, OK, quick around the houses, left to right, make a call. Uh, first game, I I, I don't know. I would fancy tolerating maybe for the first game. Maybe just put Dixborough. It'll be a close game. Okay. Can't desert Dixborough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I covered the Piltown match with Freshford uh, back in the league games, and okay. I came out of it, and I actually said it on air, and I said there's no one better Freshford in the junior this year. Okay. Uh, I'm pulling back as well. <laughs> as things get closer, you get a little bit more nervous, yeah. you know. But uh, uh, Ballyragas, by all accounts, now I didn't see the game, but Ballyragas should have beaten Freshford last weekend. Yeah. They missed freezes, they missed goal chances, and we're only about to be a couple of points in the wind up, you know. So now, if Freshford turn in a performance like they had against Piltown, it'll take an awful lot for Wingap to beat them but again similar to Tullerher I think Wingap have this nice quiet determination about them again they were unlucky last year they only barely lost out after a Titanic struggle I think it was Black and Whites yeah. Yeah, who went on to win it like it was uh, after extra time and all and, and it's uh, uh, you know Wingap and Tullerher kind of similar coming into this you know the, mm. and uh, but uh, I, Jenny Seamus I couldn't call it the five will be staying in the pocket anyway that'll do no bother right gents we're going to take a break uh, we're going to rearrange our focus and we're going to go senior uh, and we're going to Sunday after this short break Championship Hurling on Community Radio Kilkenny City is sponsored by John Brennan Machinery, Country Style Foods, Michael Ling Motors and JJ Cavanagh Bus. Community Radio Kilkenny City, for the people, by the people. JJ Cavanagh and Sons, keeping the country moving for almost a century. And the time is uh, just uh, 18 minutes before the hour of 7 o'clock. Right, uh, resumption with our three analysts this evening, uh, Kiran, Paddy and Eamon. And lads, I want you to take up the slack on the first game on Sunday, which is the St. Canis' Credit Union semi-final, 
Senior Championship or Lachlan Gales versus Bennisbridge. Conor Everett in the middle of the pitch. Okay, Paddy, put the case to me for O'Loughlin Gales, seen as there is, I won't say an affinity, <laughs> but there is a knowledge of what goes on in O'Loughlin ah, Gales yeah, yeah. Look, over the wall. I, 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 I'm looking forward to this match because I watched the bridge uh, three times this year and I've watched O'Loughlin Gales once and uh, it's going to be a tight game and uh, I think... Look, uh, it all depends on, on the forwards on the day, and we know the bridge have forwards. And uh, you know, Kevin Blanchfield, um, Nicky Clear, um, we have uh, Liam Blanchfield back there at the moment. Uh, but uh, Lachlan's they remind me of a country team in ways. They know how to dig it out and, and all like that. And I won't be surprised now if it goes to extra time and uh, to determine the winner. But um, Lachlan Gales uh, probably their forwards need to maybe add another four or five points to the game. They came over, they overcome a tough Mullinavat team there uh, in the last game uh, to set up this semi-final meeting. But uh, looking at it, it's going to be a cracker. I, I, I'm going to say I have a sneaking suspicion that it will go to extra time, and uh, I'll just about. I, I don't know who I'm. 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 I'm on defence in this one, but I'll need my colours to the mask, and I just say it might be Lachlan Gales after extra time. Karen, yeah. Well, these will be two good semi-finals. I'm looking forward to this, yeah. and uh, the Lachlan's and the Bridge game in particular. Uh, you've got some really, really good hurlers on both sides there. Uh, there'll be a titanic battle between Hugh Lawler and Liam Blanchfield. I'd say uh, quite possibly. I'd say they'll end up on one another. That'll be a that'll be a massive battle between them two uh, Liam's been outstanding so far this year for Bennettsbridge and Hugh well sure Hugh's been outstanding for about five years now at this stage um, but the Lachlan's backs are good they have three county men in their backs when not many teams not hardly any team can ever say that and they've got good lads around them then even you know David Fogarty probably wouldn't have been that well known to many at the start of the year but he's played brilliantly in all the games and he drives up the field and is scoring points as well which is a big thing People are saying that the O'Loughlin's forwards might be a bit weak. I'm not so sure. Their scoring levels have been good. Uh, Mark Bergen is deadly on the freeze and he can point them from play as well. Owen Wall is having a good year. He's getting goals and points. Paddy Butler is a good target man. And then if they got a bit more from the likes of Owen O'Shea, big men who can hurl well, if they hurl to their best, I think Loughlin's have a great chance in this. The bridge? Well, I was fierce impressed with them the last day. Uh, they they dug it out well against Tullerone. Tullerone would have been a lot of people's fancies to win the championship out. And Benesbridge closed them down. Their backs were tight. Uh, uh, the chap of the Hughes at centre-back, I thought, was really good. Enda Marcy at full-back was brilliant. Uh, he was really, really good. And then up, up in the forwards, then they had the cleverness of the likes of Nicky Clear and Sean Marcy. And you put in the youth and the speed of the likes of Kieran Brennan into that unit as well there. The Benesbridge can always score. They have a lovely way of playing, a lovely, stylish brand of hurling. They can always score. Uh, so... You know, whether they can get the scores off of those good backs is going to be the key to this game. Mightn't be as high scoring as people might think it'll be, and it will be close. I'd probably give the nod to Lachlan's. Okay, Kieran. Eamon, just, just to put it to you, if it turned out to be a game of indiscipline, how well equipped are both teams with a free taker? Yeah, I think, Seamus, you're probably looking at two of the best free takers yeah, in the yeah, club, hurling yeah, anyway. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Nicky Clear doesn't really miss, and neither does Mark Berrigan, you know, so it's. It? It will be a straight shootout, but you'd be hoping that it'll, it'll be let flow and uh, two great hurling teams, you know. I'm really looking forward to that game and um, I would have seen all Auckland's and Mullinavat there the last day and, you know, obviously all Auckland's would have been favourites, but the way the weather was and the pitch in Thomastown and everything nearly went against all Auckland's, you'd be saying, before the game, 
12 months ago Mullen the Vatpo to Lachlan's out of the championship as well so to contend with all of that and to come through that game I thought it was massive even though it was only a two point win um, for them you know but but to, but to get that win you know I, I think it was yeah. 12 months ago they wouldn't have come through it so uh, you know you'd echo everything Kieran Paddy have said there but um, really looking forward to, to the game and um, on the Brennan's Bridge side then you know in previous years kind of league wise they would have always hit the ground running in the league um, in the last four to five years that they would have been up senior in that and like getting to league finals and shield finals and winning them but come championship then they, they could be gone they could win the league final and be yeah. gone the following week so this year they've kind of gone in maybe a bit undercooked in the league but um, compared to like when you look at it was only like a transfer window in terms of Liam Blanchfield coming back yeah. um, Jason Clear now has gone up into corner forward as well for other games and they just look a totally different team than they did say at the end of August and um, do you know they're coming into form at the right time and uh, it'll be interesting to see Paddy if I was to put it to you the fact that they're playing week in, week out, or this is the first time that they've had a two-week break between games, how significant is a panel as teams advance to semi-final and final levels? Surely resources have to be on the bench. Yeah, the the both have a, a, a strong enough bench there. But looking at the, the bridge there now... Uh, I think you'd, you'd have to give credit to, to Dan Shanahan and his backroom team. They actually haven't played a very nice brand of hurling. And there's also a steely resolve for them there. As as Kieran said there, in um, the Morrissey there, I seen in the, he was missing for one game and the Benesbridge didn't get the result that, that, that they were hoping for. But he's the glue that holds them all together and defensively, you know. But they have lads to come in off, in off the bench there. Uh, they usually put out their best 15 and uh, maybe one or two subs and all like that. Like I said, I've only seen uh, Lachlan's once this year. And, and but uh, look, uh, Lachlan's, uh, you know, when you have them in the game, they will not let you away with that. And as, as, as uh, Eamon alluded uh, against Mullinavat there, they didn't get the best of starts, but they dug it out and uh, they brought on a few subs there. I'm looking forward to it uh, as this is a game because I think it's, uh, they're, they're, these two teams will want to put down a marker and maybe... Uh, set up a potential clash with the winners of the next one there. Okay, Kieran, take take me over the line with regard to O'Loughlin Gales and Bennis Bridge. Yeah, I, I, I give a very hesitant nod to O'Loughlin's there's not going to be a whole lot in this now, but uh, I, I go with Loughlin's. Okay. Right, gents, the second semi-final has a 3.15 throw-in. Uh, Patrick O'Reilly is on the Ladogue it features Shamrock's Bally Hale and James Stevens. Eamon? Yeah, I repeated last year's county final. Um, yeah. Seamus thought it'll be interesting. Um, obviously, I suppose in recent form, in terms of when they would have come together head to head and championship wise, I think in the last six or seven times they would have met, Bally Hale would have come out nearly on top. So it is. But obviously, then you have James Stevens, you have the Brian Cody, Joe Hennessy effect back in with him again this year on the line. Um, and just the way they would have come through their games like you know they, they kind of they played well against Greg Ballycallan the last day and got, and got a, a comprehensive win and they were well deserving of their victory and uh, I would have said previously with the lads like you know compared to last year they're they're missing the likes of um, Conor Brown is away and stuff like that as well and, and things and um, I think they would have been missing maybe three lads off of last year's team you know overall and they got to the final so to get back to a semi-final this year um, but they're very impressive. I think King Kenny hopefully probably be back for injury from them as well. He'll be definitely be an asset. And um, just at the way like they're getting scores, you know, you have Luke Scanlon there in the middle of the park. Um, you know, Owen Gilfoyle there inside in the corner, like he's very good. He, he might be on the freeze, and then he's very good for what and play quite fast. 
So it'll be interesting to see. And Niall Brasley, I thought, was a standout player for them the last day at centre back. You know, he really came came of age again, and he's a real leader for for this James Stevens side. So they'll be going out to win it, obviously, and to hopefully get to another county final. And then, you know, the other side are Ballyhale Shamrocks um, or Shamrocks Ballyhale. Like, just look at their half forward line. You know, on its own, like, there's an intercounty half forward line you could have, and um, it's just you know TJ Reid, Adrian Mullen, on Cody, and then you'd be looking inside Niall Short Hall is dangerous and. You know, you go back then to the middle of the field. You'd probably have Paddy Mullen, Richie Reid is there. You know, you could just keep, you could list them off all day. And I suppose to go, what was it, a man down against Dixborough and to be a couple of points down with ten minutes to go and to come back mm-hmm. and win it. Like they just they know how to win. Um, yeah. And they're they're never beaten. They're on the bus going home. Like you know, um, they're just you, you, you look at it. We're gone so used to it now. We're nearly spoiled mm-hmm. with the way. Ballyhale are able to, to dig out these is results. Is it six, eh, man? Or yeah. are they going for six? They're going for six. Again, sure, it'll be another piece of history, but they, they'll have to get over the line Sunday and then they might have to go, they'll have to go again. But to, you'd fancy Ballyhale on, on recent form, okay. barely just, but like these these games can take on a life of their own too, you know. In the history, there was always a good rivalry between Shamrocks and uh, James Stevens as well, you know. Colin Fenley departed the field uh, in the semi-final with an injury. Likely or unlikely to feature? I'd say he's likely. I'd say the two-week break now has been uh, a godsend. I'd say uh, if it had been uh, a week's break, he might not have been back. But I think maybe with the two weeks and uh, with a bit of treatment and all like that. And uh, look, you have to give him credit against uh, Dixbury there. He's a handful. He mightn't have scored an awful lot around that, but he breaks ball. You know, he takes some, he takes some watching and uh, Shamrocks being Shamrocks as Eamon has said there you know I sometimes they play better with 14 men which is <laughs> which is uh, you know you know it's not something but looking at him there but in fairness to James Stevens, James Stevens have improved and they've been continually improving there uh, they, they overcome uh, Eamon's team there Greg Ballycallan there the last time but uh, Luke Scanlon is in good form uh, Niall Brazel um, Ross Whelan there you know when he puts his mind to it and he can be he can be a, a dangerous Michael Rafter there uh, looking at him there you know I wonder will they score enough you know uh, they've improved would have had they improved that much uh, the Shamrocks are just uh, they go into a, an automatic mode when pressure comes on to them they just seem to go up another gear and a- able to get out of trouble and that's a typical Shamrocks thing for the last five or six years that we've been watching so okay. I just just think uh, you know I, uh, it'll be t- a lot tighter than people think because in fairness to James Stevens they don't fear Shamrocks and you know they're always well able for him and, 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 and they can give him a good game but uh, can they get over the line we'll see Sunday Kieran, reflect on last year's final what what similarities are there coming to the semi-final apart from the opponents? Um, is there a likelihood that either team has gained an advantage in the meantime with regard to what happens on the field? Well, if you if you look at it, you know, strictly, Seamus, the, uh, the Shamrocks are short a good few from that. They're short Brian Cody, Joe Cody, Darren Mullen, um, whom I forget the name and you'll think of it there but they're short those lads and they're first team starters um, the village are short Connor Brown as well and you know, he's a big loss to them but uh, uh, the one thing that strikes me all the time is that the village get better as the year goes on Eamon was talking about time and runs there with teams and the village do that as good as anyone now they're going to need their best performance of the year and their best performance of many years to get over this match on Sunday but uh, they they won't be worried about it you know they won't be going out thinking There's that no the Shamrock absolutely none whatsoever and they're probably one of the few teams that can beat the Shamrocks they've shown that over the years here in Kilkenny you know now the Shamrocks they the last day 
you know, what, what struck me was that they just refused to be beaten. There was, a, you know, there was no way they were coming off the field without a win that day, no matter what it took. When the sending off happened, they were very clever. They pulled back most of the players out the field and kind of hurled nearly in pods and, and came up the field in a group. And uh, they were they were very efficient. There was no stupid shots. Most of the time when they took a shot near the end, it went over the bar. They won a period after the sending off, six points to one. That's huge. Like That was the winning of the game. Uh, and then if they needed an out ball, they left Colin at the end of the square and they fired it down to him. I think the positioning of Derek Harker at full back has been a good move for them. That has strengthened it up. And Stephanie's brother Killian hurling quite well there. Richie Reid is hurling well. So is Evan Shefflin. There'll be a key battle at midfield here. Uh, I think and, and the village might fancy their chances of winning that particular area but the big one is going to be Niall Brazil on TJ if that's how it transpires Brazil likes to sit back and do a lot of hurling and TJ likes to sit out a bit and, and do a bit hurling from farther out say so uh, if I was the village and, uh, I'd go tight man to man on TJ and somebody covers the gaps in behind um, because you can't leave him loose like uh, you know Dixborough left him loose at once and he got the ball and stuck it over from 100 yards you know so you just cannot do it um, the village will give it everything they might just be a little bit short in scoring power and I think the Shamrocks will win OK uh, Paddy the fact that it's the second game no significance none no, no, whatsoever, no okay. you know, I'm, and, and I'm glad I cleared that yeah. because <laughs> there will be one opponent ready for either or of the other team no, listen whoever gets through with the first one uh, they'll be just happy to be in the final uh, and that's it and they'll think about that the next day but mm. none, no significance whatsoever shall we just kind of just go to the camogie there and just you kind of yeah, be just, sure. just yeah. to, be, to be run out the time there uh, we also have the Michael Ling uh, Motor Senior Championship semi-finals there both down in Thomastown uh, 12.40 it's Barrow Rangers versus Wine Gap um, uh, Jimmy Welch will have uh, reports and uh, updates for us on that and then uh, Dixbury versus Pilsown at 3.30 uh, that's a uh, being covered by Pat Tracy there. Uh, they're both down Thomas Town and uh, it's going to be very interesting. I suppose everybody's looking at the, the, the second semi-final and saying it's the final but not to be disparaging to the other teams. The other two teams, uh, the Barrow Rangers have improved immensely and to uh, get to a semi-final at the moment and Wine Gap, it'll be, it'll be a tough match. Uh, Dixborough and Piltown, they've had the hoodoo over Piltown for the last couple of years but, you know, uh, on the day Piltown uh, can, they have some three or four county players. Dixborough have a few as well but uh, I'm looking forward to that as well I'm hoping it's a good match Okay uh, Right gents we're almost out of time uh, Kieran, your two finalists In the senior yeah. I'll go with the Shamrocks and Lachlan's and yeah. in the junior I'll go with Tullerher and Freshford Paddy Kelly you're next I'll go with Lachlan's and the Shamrocks uh, I, 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 the bridge <laughs> I, I'm sorry to do this at the bridge but I just uh, the Lachlan's uh, and the other team then will be I would be hoping Dixborough and Wine Gap in the, the junior Eamon final throw of the dice yeah, up go, to you I'm going to go for um, Freshford in the junior with Toller I think and, and then for the senior then I'm going to go um, with Venice Bridge and Ballyhead Sharmox Okay, variety if anything else. <laughs> if I knew a little bit more about hurling, Kieran, did I ever tell you the only time that I was of use in hurling was to a man called Dermot Chartle in St. John's National School. He discovered when I was in sick class, I was big and awkward. He'd throw me in the full forward line and all he'd say was break the ball down and Paul Clear run onto it. <laughs> I think we won a couple of games doing that. Okay. <laughs> 
Right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening in this evening. Just a recap of what's on the way tomorrow. It's commentary from 11 o'clock onwards. It's the Duggan Steel Under-13 Ryan B Hurling Championship Final between Bennisbridge and Carrick Shock. And that will be live here at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll then have the main sports with soccer, racing and the Greyhound results and at 1pm we'll return to uh, MW Hire out there in Dunmore for the Duggan Steel Under 13 Ryan A Hurling Championship final between Danesford and John Locks. We will then later on during the course of the afternoon have updates from the 1.30 throw-in between Dixborough and Tullaher Ross Birkin in the JJ Kavanagh Junior Hurling Championship 